Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. The platform, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Psalms. Psalms 23, if you want to turn there with me. I uh, want to remind you about the Ladies Outreach Mother's Day uh, weekend coming up. going to be very, very valuable. And then on Sunday, I'm going to be uh, preaching on Mother's Day. I encourage you to come out and bring your mother. Amen. We'll give honor, dignity, blessing. And if she's not saved, get her saved. Amen. Psalm 23. I... For the last several months, as I uh, come to prayer every morning, I pass a pasture uh, down on uh, on um, Benar Road, uh, and uh, it's just uh, below Lockridge High School. And there's uh, been uh, anywhere from uh, 20, 30, 40 sheep in there, uh, and I've been noticing these sheep. I'm not. I don't know much about sheep. I've never been around. Uh, sheep uh, uh, in in uh, exposure, but these sheep are there to crack a dawn, and their heads are down, and uh, you can come by after prayer meeting, their heads are still down. You can come by in the afternoon, their heads are still down. Even after the sun goes down, I've seen them, they're, still, they're just eating, 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 eating. And uh, I was very interested in that, and a couple of weeks ago, as I passed by, I said, uh, isn't that interesting? Uh, sheep normally eat, apparently, all the time. And I thought to myself, there's a tremendous lesson there in that, because the Bible uh, likens the people of God to sheep. And as I was there, God kind of triggered my heart in that Let's make this parallel in the uh, spiritual application because the lesson here is that uh, we need to keep our heads down. Stay with me as I read Psalms 23, beginning with verse 1. The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yes, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for you with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I've preached many funerals in the past uh, 40-something years pastoring, and uh, very, very frequently, this is on the little brochure they get you, give you at a funeral, but there's something more powerful that I want to talk to you about uh, this evening. I want to talk to you a sermon called Heads Down. Now, it's natural 
apparently, for uh, sheep to to have an appetite. I was reading some very shocking statistics recently, and there was a survey that was done by Christianity Today magazine and Zondervan publications, and uh, this was done in 2006, actually. And it made the statement that 39% of all people in their survey claimed that they read the Bible. Then this uh, survey went on, it went a little bit deeper, and uh, it made uh, this, uh, uh, this survey about active Christians. And in a, and the survey of active Christian, 37% only read their Bible once a week. This is active, that's you tonight. I think it's you. Not only that, but it made the astonishing statistic that 39% of active Christians only read their Bible once a month. So what's wrong with this picture? That's what I want to talk about tonight. There's something wrong with that picture. And I want to talk to you tonight about heads down because there's an imagery that comes here in this scripture in verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and... One translation says, he shall feed me in a green pasture. I was, uh, I was talking with John Perry uh, we, down at uh, McDonald's Cathedral where we have some good prayer sessions and, and Bible sessions. He was telling me that one of his earliest memories was following his uh, uh, uncle in the, in the sheep paddock uh, as a, as a young, uh, young boy and watching this uncle as he walked the paddy and he was looking for duckweed. This is deadly poisonous to sheep. And when he found that, he would uh, cover it up uh, so that no seeds would get loose from that and reproduce itself. Uh, because the paddock had to be prepared for these sheep or they had a danger of feeding and eating duckweed, which he informed me was deadly uh, poison. I uh, read a book some years ago, a beautiful little book uh, by Philip Keller, I believe it was, on the shepherd's psalm. And it was an, uh, a, a statement or a commentary on some very interesting facts of sheep and uh, their, uh, their care. And it made the statement that a shepherd, before he uh, uh, let the sheep uh, uh, graze, would walk through, and if there's any holes where there might be uh, snakes, he would ring that uh, with grease so that the sheep would stay away from that. And uh, the imagery that is there is that one of the responsibilities and one of the uh, 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 statements is that sheep, as they as they uh, as they are cared for, they naturally have an appetite to eat, and I can confirmed that by watching these sheep down there uh, in this paddock on uh, Benara Road. Now, uh, the Word of God is very, very desirable. Uh, the wonderful thrill that I've had uh, coming back to pastor uh, in Perth is the hunger of the people for the Word of God and, uh, uh, and uh, men's discipleship, men coming to McDonald. They want, they want to hear, they want to learn about the Word of God. And it was Job who made a statement. He said, I have treasured your words as more than my necessary food. Or in other words, he said, I have an appetite, and that appetite is for the word of God. And I'm more desirous to hear from God 
than I am to eat uh, natural food. And he made that statement. I have an appetite, he said, for God's word. Now, there's a biblical injunction that we need to look at. In Matthew's gospel, uh, chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus is being tempted by the devil. And as he's being tempted, the Bible says, uh, he said, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds or comes out of the mouth of God. In the book of First Peter, chapter 2 and verse 2 says, As newborn babes desire the uh, sincere or the pure uh, uh, milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So having said that, as we look at these words... Uh, we see that there is a natural appetite, just like sheep. Uh, I don't know if, the, if, if there's 24 hours around, if they'd keep eating. All I know is these sheep do nothing but eat, 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 eat. They don't look around. They've got their heads down all the time. Whatever it is they're eating down there, they have a tremendous appetite for. And as God makes uh, the, uh, the uh, parallel of the people of God... Uh, as sheep, there ought to be an appetite for the word of God. Can you say amen tonight? It is Amos who prophesied. And he says there's going to come a time, and that time is going to come when uh, I'll send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor thirst for water, but of hearing uh, the words uh, of the Lord. That came to pass uh, in 400 B.C., uh, there was no active word from God. Malachi is the last prophet that had a word from God until John the Baptist came on the scene in 1 AD and began to bring a word. And the Bible says, uh, uh, and the word of the Lord came to John the Baptist uh, in the wilderness. So tonight, I want to uh, uh, give you an admonition. As we've read these, uh, uh, these statistics, uh, something's wrong when the people of God who claim to be active Christians, uh, only once a week they open their Bibles uh, and uh, 39% uh, only open them once a month. There's something wrong uh, with that picture. There is a, a disease or an affliction of the, of the human uh, personality called anorexia. And what this is, is a, uh, a, a lack of appetite. Uh, and as it lays hold of people, it's an eating disorder. And it's a, it is a lack of desire to eat. Uh, and if that is pursued to its end, it is not corrected. Many people who have anorexia die. We can make a parallel tonight. Can you say amen uh, in the word of God? Uh, and uh, uh, at least in observation, uh, uh, I'm told that when sheep don't uh, eat... Uh, they're sick. So if I could just kind of make a parallel there without making you all upset, you'd hear me till the end. Uh, may I suggest to you that if you have no appetite for the word of God, you're spiritually sick. Now think with me for a moment uh, about this shepherd's role. Here is the shepherd's role. It's spelled out in, the, in, in uh, Psalm 23. And so heads down is normal. Sheep are totally vulnerable. Do you know that? The sheep are totally vulnerable, and uh, I was uh, I was hunting some years ago in the desert and uh, in Arizona. They bring sheep down in the springtime from the high country, truck them down to the desert because if the desert rains have come, uh, there'll be a rich grazing for a few weeks uh, on the grasses in the desert. And as we're driving along. 
I, uh, I looked over, and trotting down this road was, was one lone sheep. And the man that was there was familiar with this practice because the trucks had just come that day and picked up uh, all the sheep, taken them back to the high country. Uh, and here is this lone sheep uh, that is there. It's very, uh, very, very interesting. And he said to me, he said, uh, this sheep will not last out the night because uh, this area is filled with uh, what's called coyotes. They're like a dingo. They're, they're a wild creature, a dog. He said, it won't last the night. This sheep will be killed before the night is out. And as this sheep is trotting across there, it stopped and it kind of looked back because it picked up all the sheep, but it was a wandering sheep. How many of you know that there are sheep that wander, that go astray? There's a parallel there. And so uh, the, uh, whatever happened was he wasn't where he should have been and he was left there and he wouldn't live out the day uh, they would be, the coyotes would get him before, and he kind of trotted over, and he stopped and looked back like, won't you guys help me, you know, because sheep are totally helpless. They have no defenses against any predator, and that poor long sheep would have been killed before the night was out because sheep are absolutely vulnerable to the elements. So what we're looking for then is a safe environment to feed for sheep. And it's very interesting that verses 5 and verse 6, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And then in verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Here's the, the imagery of a healthy sheep that is feeding in safety and under protection of the shepherd. And there's a parallel that is there. That ought to be provided for the people of God. And every shepherd has this God-given responsibility. Listen to these words. He restores my soul. And one translation says, he restores my failing health. I thought that was a very interesting interpretation. I uh, was over uh, uh, with uh, Paul and Valda. O'Neill, I think, last week, and, and, uh, and Paul tells me he's a dietitian. And uh, uh, that is very interesting. That is some hospital. And uh, what his job is to create a diet uh, for people who are seriously ill, and that diet is created for them individually uh, so that they may be restored to health and enable them to regain their, uh, their health. Uh, and this is a tremendous parallel uh, because this is the responsibility of a shepherd's role. My job uh, is to feed you so that you either stay healthy or if you're not healthy, you get healthy. Can you say amen? Not only that, uh, but this ministry that we have uh, is dedicated to that very fact. Uh, as a matter of fact, this church is dedicated to that very principle uh, to see that people who come in uh, from the streets, uh, people who come in that are unhealthy are fed the word of God uh, and they recover their health. Uh, and this is the job that we have, both shepherd and sheep, uh, Bible study leaders, individual Christian we are responsible to have a hold of this book uh, so that we can feed people the Word of God. Can you say amen? So when I begin to read these statistics uh, and find out uh, that uh, some 30-something uh, uh, some, uh, percent, uh, 39 percent, claim to be 
uh, Bible readers, uh, but uh, 37% only read it of active Christians once a week and 39% only once a month. Uh, uh, you're not going to have any kind of health yourself, uh, nor are you going to be able to minister anybody else uh, any kind of health. In the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul it passed by Ephesus. He came from above uh, uh, Ephesus. It was Turkey today. Came down to Miletus and he sent word uh, to the pastors in Ephesus and brought them down and he gave them direction and one of the directions he gave to them which is responsibility of every pastor and of every church to be involved is found in Acts 20 verse 28 therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among whom the Holy Spirit has made you overseer to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And verse 32, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, uh, which is able to build you up uh, and give you an inheritance uh, among them uh, that are sanctified. The greatest indictment in the word of God uh, Two passages, one in Ezekiel, one in Jeremiah. I want to share Jeremiah is one of the greatest indictments in the word of God uh, uh, to the church and to those that lead the church. Listen to Jeremiah 23. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel against a shepherd to feed my people. You've scattered my flock, driven them away, and not attended to them. Behold, I'll attend to you for the evil of your doing, says the Lord. But I'll gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries where I've driven them. I'll bring them back to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. I'll set up shepherds over them who will feed them. And they shall fear no more, uh, nor be dismayed, uh, nor shall they be lacking, uh, says uh, the Lord. There's a constant image uh, that is put before uh, the people who read the Bible. And that image is of uh, this responsibility for the feeding of the word of God. And in the book of uh, Mark chapter 6 and verse 34, Jesus uh, came out. He looks over the multitudes. Uh, and as he sees them, they saw a great multitude. He was moved with compassion for them. Uh, because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. Uh, so he began to teach them uh, many things. You know the story of Peter. Uh, Peter is at the Sea of Galilee after the resurrection. He's failed the Lord miserably. Uh, uh, Jesus comes to the shore. Uh, they all come and said uh, uh, he's got bread and fish on the fire. And then he begins to deal with Peter. And it's very interesting as he begins to deal with them. Uh, he says, uh, 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 Peter, do you love me? And he says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he says, feed my sheep. And then he asked him again, he says, Peter, uh, do you love me? And he says, Lord, you know that I love you. And uh, he says, feed my lambs. And the third time he says to him, uh, Peter, do you love me? And he said, Lord, and he's becoming vexed now. You know that I love you. Uh, and then again, he says these words, uh, feed my sheep. Now, here's a tremendous lesson for us. Uh, and that lesson is that one of the major concerns uh, of the Lord uh, and one of the major concerns that we ought to have uh, is both of eating the word of God, as it were, and of having fed the word of God uh, to those who claim to be believers. Years later, the Apostle Peter writes these words uh, in 1 Peter 5, uh, Feed the flock of God 
which is among you, taking the oversight of it, not by constraint, uh, but willingly, not but for filthy lucre, uh, uh, but of a ready mind, uh, neither as being lords over God's heritage, uh, but uh, being examples uh, to the flock. Now, the apostles uh, in the book of Acts chapter 6, very interesting that as they're there, they find a problem in the church of feeding the widow. And then they say, what we're going to do is we're going to give ourselves to the word of God and to prayer. The word of God is like no other book ever written. Can you say amen? The Word of God is a living book. The Bible says the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. I hold in my hand God's self-revelation. This is the Word of God. And let me say again to you that there's something wrong with the picture when we do not see the people of God feeding upon the precious Word of God. His words are life unto them that found them and health to all their flesh. So let me bring this down then to a very interesting statement. You are what you eat. Can you say amen? Some of you are too much. You are what you eat. But you are what you eat. You can't escape that. And as I was thinking about this, I uh, had a very uh, notable uh, recollection, and uh, that has to do with the taste and the flavor uh, of lamb. U.S. Uh, uh, US and, and, uh, and Australia, New Zealand lamb do not taste the same. Uh, uh, Australia and New Zealand lamb is delicious, uh, but lamb in the U.S., I seldom will ever eat because it's, uh, it tastes gamey, and uh, it has a, 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 a smell to it. It puts off an odor. And uh, only those, uh, I, I guess, that have become attuned to that have developed an appetite to that. And the reason is what they eat. Uh, in the U.S., uh, uh, they range generally on, uh, on uh, pasture land that is not green. It is not, uh, it, it doesn't look like uh, this, only in the rare times. Uh, and so wh- what, they are, what they're eating uh, is developing the flavor of the meat. And because of that, uh, the lamb and sheep in the United States have an odd flavor to it. And uh, I don't like it at all, neither does my wife. But we've been uh, fed many times uh, uh, lamb and, and, uh, uh, and uh, uh, mutton in, 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 in Australia. And it's delicious. It's a total difference. And the difference is, has nothing to do with the brand or, or, the, uh, or the, uh, the strain. The difference is what they're eating. So there's a parallel that we need to put tonight as we uh, begin to consider this. And that parallel uh, is uh, that you're going to be what you eat. Uh, so I want to talk to you about heads down tonight. This is where I'm headed tonight. You can already, uh, you can already come to that conclusion. And that's a commitment uh, that I'm asking you for the Word of God. In the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 uh, and verse 15 uh, says, Be diligent or study, uh, King James says, uh, to uh, present yourself approved to God, uh, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, uh, rightly dividing uh, the word of truth. 
So here is an admonition, and there are many other scriptures we could uh, use tonight. And that admonition is that we have a responsibility as believers. And Paul uh, says in the book of Timothy, uh, you need to give yourself to the word of God so that you know uh, what the word of God says. Rightly dividing. Uh, just simply, uh, just simply having a Bible in your in your house is not going to help you. Nor simply just reading it occasionally uh, is you need to give diligence and you need to present yourself as a worker that you're working to understand uh, as you read the Word of God. As Paul, who uh, went to Berea. And in Acts 17 says he came from Thessalonica, but as he and and they they many of them rejected the word of God. But as he came to Berea, the Bible says in Acts 17 these were more honorable or more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and listen, and they searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. I remember. Uh, as a young boy, my father passed away when I was 16 years old. I went to live with my uh, my mother, my stepfather, for a period of time. And I can well remember uh, I slept out in the back. Uh, a little, a little uh, uh, room had been uh, uh, built for me and my brother out in back. And uh, as I would uh, walk past, my grandfather had been uh, uh, brought out uh, from the east to stay with my mother for a period of time. I would uh, judge, I'm not sure, but my guess would be he would be in his 70s, uh, maybe his late 70s. And as I passed by, I would see him. Now, you have to understand, I was not raised in a Christian home, knew nothing about Christianity, totally ignorant uh, about anything about Christianity or the Bible itself. Uh, and uh, I, would, I, would, uh, I would wonder, as I'd pass by my grandfather, he'd be sitting outside on a chair and he'd be reading a Bible. I knew nothing about that. I, you know, this is kind of an odd sight to me. But obviously, as I ponder back on this, uh, this was a habit that was developed out of a lifetime. And uh, when you're in your 70s, you ought to be reading about eternity. Can you say amen? And so his uh, aim, no doubt, uh, was he was continuing the habit uh, that he developed a lifetime of reading uh, and digesting what is written in this book uh, of the Word of God. Uh, and I want to leave you with a challenge that Jesus gives us in John uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 39. You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, uh, and these are they uh, which testify uh, of me. Here's a tremendous illustration. Let me read this to you for a moment. It's about a man in Kansas City who was severely injured in an explosion. And as an evangelist has written a book, and he tells about him in this book, and he tells about the wonders of the Word of God. Listen to this. This victim's face was badly disfigured. He lost his eyesight as well as both his hands. He was just a new Christian, and one of his greatest disappointments was that he could no longer read the Bible. Then he heard about a lady in England who read Braille with her lips. Hoping to do the same, he sent for some books of the Bible in Braille. And much to his dismay, however, he discovered that the nerve endings in his lip had been destroyed by the explosion. One day, as he brought one of the Braille's pages to his lips, his tongue happened to touch a few of the raised characters, and he could feel them. Like a flash, he thought, 
I can read the Bible using my tongue. And at the time Robert Sumner wrote his book, the man had read through the entire Bible four times. Does that bring any kind of conviction to you tonight? Here's a man who is a Christian. He desires the word of God just like these sheep. Every single day when I pass by, they could care less who's traveling down that road. They could care less uh, as long as there's light to eat, apparently. I don't know. Maybe they eat all night. They're there early in the morning. I don't really know. But as long as they are able there, they have their heads down uh, and they're devouring uh, something to eat uh, because it's a natural appetite in sheep. I wonder if you're a sheep tonight. I read this interesting quote last week. said, we live in a culture of drive-by spirituality. Our people drive into church, get a serving of God, and then drive home. I said, yes, I've met them. So tonight as we're pondering about this wonderful privilege that's given to us, it was Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, that God spoke to Joshua and as he spoke to him, he said, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, those words were written many, many years ago. But the truth that is carried there has not passed away because in this book are the words of eternal life. It was the two believers who were commiserating on the road to Emmaus. When Jesus, as he was resurrected, he joined with them and said, what manner of, of communication you're, happy, you're having? And then it says he began to speak to them. And as he began to speak to them about the words of God and the prophecies that concerned him, they recorded, did not our hearts burn within us. Tonight, as you and I are in this building, we are professing, most of us, to be Christians. And so the challenge that comes to us tonight as we read this wonderful psalm, in verse 6 it says, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. However, that's the conclusion of this lifestyle that is presented there. The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want, and it puts before us this lifestyle that ought to be as believers. I want you to bow your head for a moment with me tonight. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, 
Our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.